Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Sporting Goss with Tim Gossage. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. Yeah, baby! If you can use some exotic booze, there's far and far by Bit of Michael Bubble to get things going. Here we go. Fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. Yeah, the fly, Craig McRae is taking over at Collingwood. Coaching announcement is imminent. Press conference about to happen. We'll take you there live shortly. It's three past ten. Thank you to... uh, Everyone who's listening right now, we've got Eddie Maguire not too far away. He's been refused entry into WA. We're going to chat with Eddie. Mike McKenna from Optus Stadium. They're preparing for a big, big couple of weeks, of course, starting Friday night. Then we've got rugby on Sunday, the Bledisloe Cup. Then we've got waffle finals. We've got AFL preliminary finals. We've got grand finals. Georgie Parker will also join us as well. Former hockey rule, of course, she'll have plenty to say. Trent Rivers from the Melbourne Football Club, a West Aussie boy from East Tremantle. Hamish Brace will be in the studio. And we have got... Something to give away. Beer. Thank you, Bart. We've got beer. Thank you, Homer. Mm, beer. <laughs> We've got beer. Let's go on live right now to the Collingwood Football Club where uh, Mark Corder, the president, also it uh, will be the Graham Wright head of football, and Craig McRae is being announced the new coach of Collingwood. The, the third, so it's a, it's a, a, um, a great achievement, so... As most of you know, we changed course in our AFL program 12 months ago. We came close to a premiership in 2018, um, disappointingly close in 2019, and we played finals in 2020. Um, Our list is in in the process of being transformed. We closed one window to open another. Key personnel have been recruited to drive this transformation, not the least, our general manager of football, Graham Wright. Craig is joining us in a critical time of this strategy. With our full support and assistance, Craig is to guide and shape this transformation, bring it to life on the field, and ultimately return us to premiership contention. As you will see today, I'm joined by Craig and two of the five members of the coaching subcommittee that recommended Craig and the board unanimously agreed, and that is Mark Anderson, and Graham Wright. Before I speak further, I would like to acknowledge and acknowledge and thank the subcommittee. Mark Anderson, Graham Wright, two board members, Paul Curia and Peter Murphy, and last but not least, the fantastic um, input that Luke Ball gave us in this committee. Okay, we'll leave it there until Craig McRae speaks, but that's just confirmation from the Collingwood president, Mark Corder, that Craig McRae is the new coach of Collingwood. Get back there very, very shortly. We've got some beer to give away, have we not, Homer? Mm, Beer. And how do we do that? We have got a Who Am I? And, of course, this has been ever popular. 0487 736 736. I'll give you some hints. And the first in best dress gets themselves, thanks to Gage Roads, Albie, whole carton of the beautiful crafted beer, Albie. It's in its red box. Oh, beer on a Wednesday. Mm, beer. Yeah. 
Always drink responsibly. Six past ten. Your hints are as follows. Three clubs, over 150 games, no finals. And here's a bit of a musical hint. Lucio, Luciano Pavarotti. So there your hints. Who am I? Three clubs. Over 150 games, no finals. And a little left field hint, Luciano Pavarotti. 0487 736 736 is the number. And I can tell you that uh, we've got more hints to come, but first in best dress gets themselves the Albi, the Carton of Albi Lager, the beautiful draft, actually. Draft. Mm, beer. Three clubs, 150 games, no finals. And Luciano Pavarotti. Let us know who we're thinking. Three clubs, over 150 games, I'd never played a final, and Luciano Pavarotti. Anyone want to try it? Roll the dice? I can tell you that Taylor Fritz of, not Bailey, Taylor of the USA, has taken the first set 7-6 in a tiebreak against Alex Dimonor, the Australian, who is the 14th seed. All righty, I'm just taking an eye and keeping an eye... Um, Tenor. Tenor. Thumbs up. No, not thumbs up. <laughs> not tenor. It's a footballer. Zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six. In a moment, we're going to hear from Craig McRae, of course, who has taken over the job as coach of Collingwood. Robert Harvey, of course, was the interim coach. He replaced Nathan Buckley. The last 10 rounds of the set. Not Mark Zanotti. Not Mark Zanotti is not the correct mm. Thank you. Does Alex know the answer? No. Probably, tell, probably, probably pays to tell. You don't even know the answer, do you? you, you I did. Okay. All right. Uh, three clubs over 150 games, no finals. And Luciano Pavarotti, that's today's hint. <laughs> Come on, Sam Menaglio or Menangola. Not Sam Menangola. 0487736736. Let's go back to Collingwood. We can't be too far away. Of course, Mark Anderson is the CEO of the Collingwood Football Club. They're all just getting their moment in the sun. Probably be good to hear from the coach, Craig McRae. But let's just get the theatrics out the way with the, uh, the head of the f- Football club. We've had the president. We've got the CEO. Fingers crossed we get to Craig McRae shortly. The fly. Bit of fly with me. The fly and fly away. Come fly with me. Let's fly. Let's fly away. If you can use some exotic booze, there's a bar in far Bombay. Let's go to the Collingwood Football Club here, not too far away from Craig McRae. But importantly in this role, he knows how to make the tough decisions that are required of a successful football program. 
at every stage in the process Craig's impressed us and that's been reinforced as we do our due diligence and spoken to people around the industry that have spoken incredibly highly of Craig and what he'll bring to us as senior coach. But football acumen, insight and IP is a critical part of this role and as I said we've had three excellent people on the selection panel that have led that football process and I'll hand across to Graham Wright to speak about why Craig's been successful from a football perspective. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Um, and to follow on from your um, assessment of Craig, it was clear from our perspective that he was a unanimous choice uh, to be our next senior coach. Um, as Mark touched on, he's a relationship builder, value, uh, a values-driven uh, leader. Um, he understands the modern game, um, uh, understand that, that it's always evolving, um, but is also a proven developer of young people. And, and, and obviously we've got a, a, a young list that I'm sure will benefit from his uh, input on the way through. Um, he's process driven, he's calm, um, he makes calculated decisions. And as Mark also stated, he's, he's a proven winner across a, a, whether he's been coaching or as a player himself. So. Um, we're really, really excited to have him on board. Um, I know from a coaching perspective and our staff are really excited to have him on board. And um, you know, we look forward to good times ahead as, uh, as we head into the future. So we'll hand across to Craig, to uh, the person that you're all looking forward to hearing from. So over to you, Craig, and again, congratulations. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Um, yeah, I'm pretty pumped. <laughs> Let's face it, this is... Um, this is a significant part of my journey and it's been a long one. Um, I'd like to thank Graeme and, and you also, Mark, for, and the subcommittee of Paul LeCurie and Luke Ball and, and Peter Murphy. Um, and then the, the board, obviously, to, to believe in me to take this club forward. Um, it was an extensive process. It didn't make it easy for me. It, it went for about six, to eight week, six or eight weeks, but um, it did allow me to reflect on, on my journey. And um, it's been a long one. This one's been you know, 15 years coaching and, and the ability to uh, you know, be resilient and and struggle and get up, fall over, get up, you know, get up again. I was only sharing a story just before our um, slotting door moments of leaving one club and getting an opportunity to others has been significant in, in my journey. So, um, yeah, I bring all that here and I'm looking forward to taking this club forward, as I said. Um, I just want to take the opportunity to thank uh, the Richmond Footy Club for five great years of my life. Uh, the experiences there gained have clearly put me in this position. I'm really grateful for Peggy um, and then Brendan and Tim Livingston and, and uh, Damien and all the staff, um, particularly the players. It was a, a great time of my life. I, I feel like I'm a better person for being at that football club and a better dad and also um, a better coach for it. So thank you to the Richmond Footy Club. Um, in recent time, I, you know, Graham got me over to, to Hawthorne and again, I, I'm not sitting here without that opportunity and the ability to work under Clarko was, was amazing. He's an incredible man. Um, I've learned so much. and. Um, yeah, he's, he's someone I'm really keen to keep, keep in contact with. And to uh, Rob McCartney and the other coaches, Brendan Bolton, Chris Newman, Andy Otten, Sam Mitchell, we, we, we coached hard this year and really confident I could get the best out of that group that we, uh, that we coached. Um, and then also to the playing group at Hawthorne, I, uh, I'll be uh, cheering loudly from afar, but also when you play against us, we'll, yeah, we'll probably start a few fights and tag a few. So, uh, But I wish you all, all the best and thank again to, um, to the Hawthorne Footy Club. Um, I'll, I'll just finish by just touching on our members. Um, you know, there's 82,000 members out there, and not only with Collingwood but also around the league, that have been you know, paying a lot of money to um, to support their clubs in the industry when it's been a difficult time. And you know, 
we, I sit here and I'm really grateful and thankful for those people that have um, you know, continued to support our club um, without even being able to go to the games. I'm looking to, um, it's going to be difficult to, to please all of you at the same time, um, but I just want to make sure that uh, you understand we're, working, we're going to work really hard to develop winning habits and behaviours that you'll be really proud of us, win, lose or draw the way we go about it. So I'm, I'm really grateful for this opportunity and thanks again for, for putting me in this chair and I, I'm looking forward to getting to work and making this club rise up the ladder like we want it to do. Quarter past 10, and that is Craig McRae, the new coach of the Collingwood Football Club. No surprise there, but a unanimous choice according to the Magpies Committee. 10.15, we have got an Albie, a carton of Albie Lager right there, sitting right before my eyes. A beautiful carton, thanks to the team at Gage Roads. Your hints today on the Who Am I? Three clubs, over 150 games, no finals, Luciano Pavarotti. Take a break. Mike McKenna from Optus Stadium will join us shortly. Eddie Maguire after 10.30 talking about being refused entry into WA and Georgie Parker for her spin on sport. This is Sporting Goss. However, it's become clear as we continue to navigate through these challenges that it wouldn't be in the best interests of the community to host a grand final at the MCG this year in front of a crowd. It is now meant that for season 2021, the Toyota AFL grand final will be played in Perth. At Optus Stadium, which is absolutely fantastic news. Gillan McLaughlin yesterday really just lifting the lid off the obvious and one man I'm sure is incredibly excited now that it is official, Mike McKenna, CEO of Optus Stadium, who's been kind enough to join us. Mike, uh, well done, mate. I know you had to sort of sit on your hands and it's been a nervous few days, probably a nervous few weeks. But, uh, well, the big show is coming to town. It certainly is. And starting off this Friday, that's a whole series of shows, I think, that uh, we can look forward to. Yeah, to, uh, Friday night, of course. Uh, it is the Giants and the Cats, and then you've got Sunday, Bledisloe Cup. You've then got preliminary final, AFL grand final, Waffle grand final. Is she ready? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think you know, we've proven over the years that the stadium's really set up for these type of events, and we've had lots of events where we've uh, you know, crammed some really exciting stuff together, and the people of WA have responded really well to the opportunities and come along in big numbers and had a fantastic time. What's the ticket sales like? I know there was a, someone told me there was 30,000 sold up to yesterday for the Giants-Geelong game. So when we started to get in excess of uh, that type of number, we know that it's starting to fill up quickly. What's the update? Have you got an update for the listeners today? Yeah, well, I think we'll be passing 40,000 sometime today. Um, a really strong response and I think uh, you know, great ticket pricing for this game from the AFL. and It's a great opportunity for people to come along after work on a Friday or go home and get the kids and bring the family in and just have a great experience at a very accessible AFL finals match. If it's not broke, you don't need to fix it. Um, you've had the forerunner with the dream time. We've had derbies. We've had big crowds. You've had big events here. So this is nothing new. And albeit it's an AFL grand final and the massive focus, I know you've got to get there first, but the massive focus on the stadium, you've had plenty of warm-ups, haven't you? So really you just need to just dot your I's and cross your T's all the way through. 
Yeah, I think you'll see that, um, you know, as you've mentioned, Tim, we've had some great events and you know, they, they give us an opportunity to turn on the stadium in a way that really presents the state and the city very well. Um, but we're going to turn up a notch with the AFL for the grand final. It's you know, one of the biggest events that the state's had um, in a sporting contest and we want to make sure that it's a, um, it sets a new standard for AFL grand final experiences. Um, we can't do anything about what happens on the ground, but we can certainly make sure that the whole experience over the next three weeks is one that people will remember for a very long time. Very much. Uh, in regards to the start time, which I'm little it hasn't been made official, but judging by what Gil McLaughlin said, it looks like it's going to be that sort of 4.40 start into into Melbourne town or whatever it may be where we're going to get that twilight zone and enough for the lights to do their thing as well. Uh, do you have any say in regards to um, the start time? Do you have anything to do with uh, the the pre-game, the uh, halftime entertainment, the post-game, or is it all really in the hands of the AFL and you're just living, letting them have your lounge room? Yeah, look, it's a bit of both, Tim. We've, we've put together a proposal that um, helped you know, win this event for the state, along with other agencies of the government and, and local city councils, and just made sure that we put our thoughts on paper in a way that was very compelling. Um, but now the AFL uh, has set up a whole series of working groups, which you know, we and Tourism WA, the City of Perth, um, Channel 7 are, are all part of um, to, to plan how the event will be presented both you know, right across the state of WA in the weeks leading up to the game, in the city itself with festivals, the football live sites, um, possibly the grand final parade, mm. breakfast, Brownlow medals, all those sorts of things are being worked on by a group of people which has a very strong WA representation. Would you like to see the grand final parade sort of end up around the outside of Optus? You've got plenty of land. Yeah, there's plenty of land. I think there's some. You know, I think there's a pretty well proven route um, around the city for four parades. I think they'll probably stick close to that. I, you know, we don't need to reinvent the wheel when we've got so many other things to do, mm. um, and making sure that the you know the, the the activity is one that's familiar to people at first, so they can make their way there without too many hassles. I think that that'll work really well. If the AFL decides it's part of their program for the week, um, we're certainly very keen to see that happen. Your groundsmen are going to be very busy. Friday night, you, you get the football. Then Saturday, they prep it up for the Sunday Bledisloe Cup and changing the dynamics, bringing the posts, markings. Uh, obviously, some sort of the seating may change a little bit. Um, it's all hands on deck from here on in. Mike, you, do you have the big rah-rah speech? Do you get them all in and get them around you and say, come on, this is what we're going to do? Or do you have a, you know, are you, do you feel like you're the Alistair Clarkson or the Ross Lyon or, of, of Optus Stadium? Yeah, I think uh, there's you know, been a bit of that sort of stuff that we've you know, got together as a team and just talked about you know, what it means. I think everyone's so excited. You just want to be able to capture that and, and help focus people on things they need to do. But at the end of the day, you know, the, from the curators to the catering team to all the customer service staff around the stadium and the security, I mean, they're a well-oiled machine and, and they all know what an important event this is. So there's not much um, needed, as I'm sure there's not much motivation really needed before, before a grand final on uh, the players. I think all the work's been done in the in the weeks and years leading up to the event, so you know, we're ready to go. And I think the people, when they come to the game, whether it be the, the, the semi-final, the preliminary final, the grand final, um, we'll see that our people are really ready to turn on a great experience. And we're just part of what it's going to take to make a, a fantastic, memorable experience for all those who, who are lucky enough to be there. And, Mike, you mentioned the ticket price, and we just received a text on our text line to say $35 a ticket, that is enough that is cheap enough to get me off the couch to go and watch finals action between two teams I don't even barrack for. So you're dead right. That I think that pricing of the ticketing. Uh, Mike, how many people have hit you up for grand final tickets, Mike? 
Well, I can't remember, um, you know, I can't remember the time when I was at Essendon and we had uh, grand finals in 2000, 2001. And uh, yeah, certainly everybody in the club heard from people they had uh, long forgotten or never even knew. Um, so uh, it's the nature of these things. I'm sure that that's, um, you know, that's going to happen. But uh, the ASL are really in control of tickets. The good thing about the grand final in Perth is there aren't so many of the um, competing clubs members able to attend. Um, they're also not the allocation of tickets, I imagine, to the clubs that, you know, all 18 yeah. clubs get an allocation in the grand finals in Melbourne. I reckon this will have the highest proportion of public tickets available for any grand final. Um, so, yeah, great opportunity for the public to get in. But, you know, really, they are. tickets will be limited. People won't all be able to be accommodated. Um, but, you know, get yourself into the Ticketmaster website and have a crack because it's going to be memorable. When you signed up for this gig and you took over as CEO, I don't think even in your wildest dreams, Mike McKenna, you would have thought that this stadium would be hosting an AFL grand final. I bet you sleep pretty easy from here on in. Yeah, look, it's certainly a milestone. I think we're all really excited to be part of this. And we're really, um, you know, we're honoured, but we've also got to remember we're just custodians of this event. We're, we've got it by um, default through the pandemic. Um, and it's not, as you say, it's not something you could ever have dreamed of happening um, and we'd certainly, you know, thinking of the people in Melbourne who not only are suffering through, you know, 200 odd days of lockdown, but are missing this you know, iconic event that is so much part of their culture. So we'll do it justice. We'll make sure it's a benchmark that people can be proud of here in WA and people in other states will never forget. Um, then obviously it'll be back in Melbourne, as Gillen said, bigger and better than ever before next year. But um, it'd be hard to be bigger and better than the Perth one. <laughs> totally agree. Well spoken. Congratulations and let's hope it goes ahead as planned. Big Friday, big Sunday, big following week, big following week and then Waffle Grand Final. Again, a great opportunity for local footy to be uh, here on this great stage. Thanks for joining us, Mike. Pleasure, Tim. Mike McKenna, Optus Stadium CEO. So as he said, about 40,000 tickets will be sold by the end of the day's play. Alex Dimonor has got a fight on his hands. He lost the four set, first set 7-6 to Taylor Fritz. He's down four love. And a break point against, so he's in a world of hurt, is the 14 seed Alex Dimonor, the Demon. 29 past 10, Eddie Maguire out of the news. And then Georgie Parker from McCafe's new blend. It's coffee fit for an Aussie. Well, the big story doing the rumblings around town is not Toby Green. It's not the AFL grand final here. It's not Craig McRae coaching Collingwood. It's Eddie Maguire can't get into WA. And the former president, but of course the boss of Jam TV, of course, major production company here in Australia, and uh, he was keen to get across. He applied to come across. You can't get in, Ed. Well, apparently not, Tim. No, they've uh, they've said no. So uh, so that's that, I suppose. Um, we were actually doing a little bit more than all that. It was uh, we were doing Footy Classified and Fox Footy, and uh, writing for the Herald Sun and doing shows with Crown and uh, Tourism. By the way, Tourism WA were fantastic. I've got to say, they were tremendous in all our talks on how we could try and do things. And, and in fact, at one stage, we were looking at whether I brought, I wanted to bring over a millionaire hot seat and give 170 West Australians a chance to win a million dollars. But uh, um, there's no problem. And, and by the way, can I just be right off the bat here? I have no issue with any of the situations. If it was, uh, you know, taken I, I i'm a bit perplexed as to why i'm not in in there because while i'm not coming over to save the, the world from COVID, uh if you actually buy the grand final you'd assume that there would be a certain amount of people coming over to cover it particularly on a national basis but um you know at the same time i'm at pains to make the point um, my mother died last year when we're in stage four lockdown you know and i had to spend the last month of her life looking through a window to see it um so i understand 
the heartache of people who can't get loved ones into Western Australia at the moment. And I'm fully supportive of West Australian police and the West Australian government in the way they're trying to do the and keep people safe. So let's keep the sensitivity to all those people there. I think this is a separate thing to the side because, you know, when you when you say you're going to have a grand final, then there needs to be an element of, of what happens there. I'm double vaxxed. Um, <laughs> I've been in quarantine for the best part of a year <laughs> and, uh, and, and wear a mask and, and adhere to everything. So I, I don't think there was any, any reasons. I, I, you know, I'd, I'd organised my accommodation so I wasn't a burden on the system or anything else like that. But uh, no was the answer and that's that. Do they have to explain themselves, and do you ask for an explanation? No, well, no, uh, look, it's, it's one of those ones. I, I'm hearing that people have leaked that uh, my two sons were going yes. to be part of yes. what was going on. So let me, let me address that, first of all. So what happened was we put a, a smorgasbord, if you like, of what we could do in trying to you know, really ramp up the fact that uh, the grand final's in Perth. We did it last year in Queensland. It was absolutely massively successful for Tourism Queensland. And also we, we ran, um, you know, uh, we used the crews all over there in, 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 in Queensland. Uh, we did uh, uh, symposiums with media students. We did a whole thing. So it was a, a whole package, not just turn up and stand there with a microphone and, you know, and do a sportsman's night. It was, it was a big and, uh, you know, and a, a multifaceted approach. Now, what happened in this situation is the, we, we are doing at Channel 9 a big grand final telethon as we do on the Friday before the grand final. So there's not many staff around and there's none hardly in Perth to be able to do things. So my two sons are both accredited. One works on Footy Classified on Monday nights and the other one works for Fox Footy. They're both at university. So I was able to get them out. And what, we, what the plan was or what we thought would make sense was if they were in in quarantine with me in the room because I would do all these shows for two weeks in quarantine, it would make sense. Then, but what actually happened though was that when I made the application to be able to come in on the uh, QTQ, I think it's called, or G2G uh, form, I only applied myself. Um, so so, so anyone who might be saying that uh, this was some type of rort is uh, being totally erroneous. Um, the, the application was for me and for me alone. Well, that's cleared that up because they certainly have been drawn in to this. Do you proceed again or are you just down yeah. tools now and just suck it up? Well, look, it's one of those ones. I mean, the, the AFL as well wanted me to go. I mean, we've been in discussion about this for the best part of, you know, a couple of months as we've been working towards it, you know, talking to people, uh, not just from a media point of view, but obviously, uh, you know, talk to people behind the scenes and try and work these things out with governments and, and the likes, uh, uh, you know, particularly here in Victoria. So, there's there's nothing in it other than to come over and and, and do the job and, and mm. do something really good. Um, I don't know whether I I don't want to I don't want to turn this into a circus as I said because I've got great respect for the people in authority in a very difficult situation. It might be too late. Ed. Just feel... The circus might be too late. It's well, gone absolutely viral. <laughs> it's gone ballistic. Has it? Yeah. <laughs> What's the vote? Is it? Good oh no, they don't. Or... They don't want you in, Ed. They don't want you in. <laughs> well, it's, it don't, man, I'm not going to die in a ditch. <laughs> you know, it'll be the first time I've missed a grand final since 1977. Oh, dear. So, you know, but, uh, but, you know and that's for me. And, uh, you know, I've been every final series since 1972 when I was a boy. But uh, we were coming over to try and promote Western Australia and do all those things. Mate, I don't, I, it's not, you know, I, I'm quite happy. I'm, as I said, 
I didn't leak this out, yeah. and that's a question to be asked: is who's leaking out these? Well, Steve Price, isn't documents. it? Steve Price was the one who said that you received a text from you to say you'd not been allowed uh, to come into Perth, and then it's picked up momentum on Perth Radio here. It's already online. Uh, is that where Price has got? Is he? He, uh, he rang me up to go for a walk. <laughs> anyway, mate, it doesn't matter. It's out, and uh, but uh, people, the, the, the element of that, my, my son's has come from somewhere that. So yeah, that's uh, that's, that's not know, cool. anyway. It doesn't matter. Hey, that's t- not cool, and it's the whole thing's not cool. So all I'm saying is, I'm not trying to pole vault into Perth. Um, I hope that West Australia has a wonderful build up to a grand final, and this is just a little spot fire along the way. And if I can't get in, I'll do all my shows from here. And it was a fifty-fifty call on on whether we'd go and do it. As it turns out, I might be able to get Millionaire Hot Seat away here and uh, we'll do it. Well, if it wasn't Eddie Maguire, it probably wouldn't be a story. So I suppose that's a – you're still relevant, Ed. You're still relevant, which is nice. I like that. Hey, Ed, can I just ask well, you – well, Gary Lyons here, Damien Barrett's here, what? Sam McClure's here, Ed and Woolley's here. They're all in hotel quarantine. They're all here. How can Eddie Maguire can't be under the same hotel 14-day quarantine? Yeah. Well, it's, I don't know. That's a question you have to ask somebody else. Um, I could actually go through Tasmania and get down there yes. and still get in or go through somewhere else, but it doesn't work as far as what we're trying to do for tourism WA. The whole idea was to show, you know, how wonderful it is and, you know, off the balcony there at Crown to be able to show mm. there's the, you know, the stadium there and, you know, next year when hopefully things are open up, you want to be doing this. Essendon fans, Collingwood fans, come to Perth and turn it into a real tourism uh, situation. That was that was the negotiations and the discussions and the brainstorming we were doing with WA Tourism. We've got a fantastic product to uh, to put forward. So there was a bit more to it. It's not about me going to a football game. I mean, to be honest, I'll stay home with my family. Big deal. Uh, you know, but uh, there was there were a lot of good things that happened that could happen, and we were building towards it. And it was all being done in an exp- in a, a real open heart and a and a fun thing. Let's turn the grand final. Let's not turn the grand final into a negative. Okay. I want to turn this into a positive. Do you think, hello, high water, Ron Barassi, if Melbourne make the grand final, should be in Perth? Uh, well, Brass is a bit frail these days. Um, I mean, I would love him to. Of course it would be. It would be unbelievable. I mean, I, you know, I've, I've been on record in the past as saying the Premiership Cup should be called the Brassy Cup, to be honest, um, because of his vision for the national game and and everything he was able to do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'd love him to be able to get there. I'm not sure whether Ron would be in a situation to maybe even do the, the, the quarantine, yeah. but it's a good thought. And Craig McRae is going to be calling with his next coach. Justin Leppich has announced he's going to be one of his offsiders. Is that a good appointment from a former president and a, and a lifelong passionate calling with man? <laughs> well, it, it is. It, it, you know, if they've put together a coaching panel, and they're going down that route, then these two uh, and others will be great. And uh, it'll be good to get that sorted out. It's been you know, sitting since Nathan finished up on, uh, you know, around Queen's birthday. Um, and it's time for the Pies now to uh, reload and go into a next uh, next generation. Craig McCrae is a very good teacher of uh, young players. And, uh, you know, we just made the decision last year that we were going to cut back and uh, get ourselves set for the next attack rather than, you know, uh, just trying to get through this year. So, yeah, uh, I, I fully support it. Uh, I haven't been involved or anything of it. And, uh, yeah, I wish him all the best. I hope he's holding up a Premiership Cup next year. Yeah, well, there's the the workings are still there. No worry. They're good enough, Collingwood, to be a contender. <laughs> Ed, appreciate your time. Um, 
I've just got a sneaking suspicion, as much as you say, well, we'll just put the cue back in the rack and we'll just let it unfold and we'll just maintain. I've just got a sneaking suspicion I'm going to see you here grand final day. <laughs> I, I would I wouldn't put the house on it, Tim. <laughs> I'm not even to be honest. I'd, I'm not even sure whether I'll reapply because I, I, I seriously I, I I'm a bit sick of the the, the the nonsense that goes around on these types of things, and uh, I just wanted to come over and, and do my job and and promote the game, which I've always done in the old days, mate. As you remember, they used to fly me over to promote the yes. West Coast Eagles when they were first starting and doing things, and I. I think we've had a, a wonderful relationship and I think I've been a good servant to the game and uh, in promoting football and, and the various clubs. But uh, if, if it doesn't work and, you know, I take it on face value that the the, uh, the chief of police says that uh, this uh, doesn't work, uh, I'm, you know, I support governments and, and, the, and the WA police in this very difficult situation and if that's it, I'm not going to make a song and dance about it. And I also remember when Eddie Maguire told me once, he said, I said, how many times about when you were living on your own when I came across in the mid-90s and you said the only time you turn the oven on is to warm up the unit? That was it. That was it. <laughs> it's to eat out every night. <laughs> in those days, I used to use the, they used the stove as a, as a cupboard. <laughs> Uh, you're a good man. Appreciate it. Thank you for taking our call. And, uh, uh, well, enjoy the final series wherever that may be, mate. Thanks for joining us and clarifying all of that. Good on you, Tim. See you, mate. Yeah, good on you. Eddie Maguire, I love him. I love him. And I, love, I owe a lot to Eddie. I put my hand on my heart. He was very good to me in my time of going across to uh, Melbourne in the mid-'90s when he took the footy show concept. Ten didn't want it. Nine took it. And look what happened there. That, the rest is history. Eddie Maguire on Sporting Goss. 14 away from 11. We're here till midday. Georgie Parker shortly for McCafe's new blend. It's coffee fit for an Aussie. So today's hints for the who am I for the LB, the carton of LB. Is that draft or lager? I'm trying to look through. It's draft, is it? LB draft, thanks to the wonderful team at Gage Roads. The hints today for you are who am I? Played for three clubs, over 150 games, no finals. Luciano Pavarotti. Alrighty, and the other hint that I've got for you is my debut game for my second club was against my first club, and my debut game for my third club was against my second club. So I played for three clubs. My debut game for my second club was against my first club and my debut game for my third club was against my second club. No finals, over 150 games, three clubs and Luciano Pavarotti. Georgie Parker joins us each and every Wednesday. Try McCafe's new blend, roasted in Melbourne, crafted by baristas. It's smooth, rich, with a hint of berry. We've just spoken to Eddie Maguire, Georgie. He's not allowed in. No, he's not allowed in. It's going to be an incredibly strange build-up to this grand final, isn't it? I think we're going to have a lot of these funny stories. Eddie Maguire, you know, trying to spin it however he can. I'm bringing in jobs. I'm bringing in money to the economy. But Mark McGowan's pretty solid on the fact that no one else is coming in unless they're 100% required, I guess. And they have to do that considering they're so hard with, you know, the average, not he's not an average person, but the, the common folk. Yeah, you're right, Georgie, but there is a hotel full of media types. I mean, Damien Barrett, yeah. our own very own Gary Lyon, uh, Sam mm-hmm. McClure, 
Ayton uh, Woolley, who's not even with the official AFL network. I mean, it's not like Channel 9 don't have reporters that can cover the footy over here. Why is Ayton Woolley allowed into town? Yeah, I'm not sure. And then this would be interesting to see because... I mean, I don't even know from Channel 7 who's going over in terms of calling it or whether they're just sending boundary. I don't know what the protocol is because we were kind of thinking the same thing. I initially thought, well, he's not club president anymore. What What's he got to do over there? But he, you'd think, would be calling it in some capacity. I guess Fox Footy won't be using their own callers because it goes straight from the Channel 7 broadcast. So I wonder if that's potentially why. It's a strange one. I wonder what the protocol is and what actually is a requirement. Um, but it's sending a harsh message, message I think, um, and that could potentially be why that they're not letting anyone in, um, given just how precarious the situation is and just how many, I guess, I guess there's a lot of angry people specifically over in New South Wales not being able to get home. Um, mm-hmm. But we do have to remember that none of these people are coming from New South Wales. We've got to remember that. And none of the athletes are coming even from Victoria. They've all been out of the state for quite a while now in either Adelaide or Tasmania. So we've got to remember that. But I think it's, to be honest, more of a harsher message just to prove that they're being taking this seriously and that they're not just letting anyone in. Fair enough. Georgie Parker is online each and every Wednesday for McCafe. Try McCafe's new blend. It's coffee fit for uh, an Aussie. Nick Kyrgios, have a listen to his rant. We played this yesterday when it all unfolded about his towel. Have a listen to Nick Kyrgios yesterday in Australia's seats loss. Okay, we don't have it, but it says on my sheet, machine you do have it. So I know, I know, fair income. Why would you have it on the machine if it's not on the machine? Anyway, Nick Kyrgios, uh, <laughs> so that's, that's where the left hand doesn't speak to the right hand and the bloke in the middle mm-hmm. is the one that gets made to look like a mug. Uh, what happens here with um, Nick Kyrgios again? And he did bat out six love in the third set, so he really oh, threw the toys out of the cot. He did, and for every step forward he takes, he takes another five backwards. I think how he's handled himself over the past year, especially with coronavirus and taking things quite seriously and calling out some of the big dogs in terms of their behaviour around the pandemic. And it's been frustrating. And then he goes completely against what he's saying, with, mm. you know, yelling at the umpire about a towel whose a ball keeps not in place because of the pandemic. So for me, it's just frustrating. I'd love him to just get his mind in the game. And tennis is a game that, he can be his own athlete and it doesn't really affect anyone. So I kind of respect that. And I respect him in terms of he is what he is. He's a no BS kind of character. So I respect mm. that in a way. But it's just getting frustrating that he's taking up a spot on the tour for somebody who, when he loses like he does for a guy as talented as he is, he's obviously not putting in that effort. And I think as an athlete, you have to be putting that effort in. If you're not trying, that goes against the spirit of the game, right? I'd love them to take a stand. They never will in terms of the um, the men's tennis tour. will never take a stand because he just brings in the excitement because you don't know what he's turning up on the day. But it's frustrating because it's gone completely against what he's been saying in the last 18 months. All right, well, let Nick Kyrgios go by there. Can the Giants win without another Pratt? Toby Green, who I love. I think he's a superstar. Oh. And don't tell. And I know you said on Monday with Gillian Goss, oh, I want to see him play. He got his right whack. In fact, he should be getting more. Yeah. Have we heard from the AFL whether they have appealed yet officially? I haven't heard yet. I've been refreshing that to see, but then um, haven't heard anything yet. What the thing is, they wanted six weeks. What then comes into my mind, they're, they're making a stand, of course. But... You think of someone like Andrew Gaff who gets eight weeks for belting a bloke in the face. Is this comparable? 
in terms of six to eight weeks. I, I think three weeks is probably fair. It's setting a, a message that nobody wants. Nobody wants three weeks off. And for him, it's in finals, which is even more, um, I guess, valuable. Game. The games are more valuable, deemed more valuable. Yeah, but that's irrelevant, though, when the games of are... Of I completely agree, but I don't think that six weeks, considering when people are actually whacking blokes, getting not much more, um, you've got to protect umpires. You've got to see it's not a good look. Um, and he definitely should have been suspended. I didn't want him to be suspended because I want to see him playing in finals. In saying that, he gets a reprimand every eight weeks. Do you see that? He's now the person with the least amount of games per indiscretion. He's taken over Jake King. Did you see that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly right. Hey, before we let you go, before we let you go, Jarvo, the pitch invader, who, who wore on his – hang on, I'm an Indian cricketer. Look at me. I've got the Indian shirt on. Uh, he's been banned for life. Did you see he went out again? <laughs> Did they not learn Did from the first really? one? He, he went out in the Indian cricket guy. So those not pretty with He went out with the Indian cricket guy, with the Indian cricket kit. Incredible yep. way to pitch invade. He's gone out for the next test wearing the English cricket gear. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's been banned for life from Headingley. So it's a real shame because if we don't condone pitch invading. We've been through this. No, However, if you're going to pitch invade, pitch invade with some smarts because that was very, very clever. But a shame George- we're not going to see Jarvo 69 no. out there again. See you later, Jarvo 69. <laughs> Appreciate your time, Georgie. Always good chat. Thank you. And we'll do it Thanks, on Monday mate. with Gillian Goss. Good on you. Oh, there she is, Georgie Parker. Try McCafe's new blend roasted in Melbourne, crafted by baristas at Smooth Ridge and with a hint of sweet berry. Morning, Goss. James Aish. No, Mike from Palmyra. It wasn't James Aish. Let us know. Hamish Brayshaw joins us after 11 o'clock. We're going to uh, chat with him and also Trent Rivers from the Melbourne Football Club. And don't forget, if you're a West Aussie and you're trying to get to the game, Melbourne football fans, you can jump on board, footy fans. If you're an impartial footy fan, the Melbourne Football Club want you to adopt the Melbourne Demons at the preliminary final in a couple of weeks. So if you are getting a ticket for the preliminary final, cheer for the Ds. A break. We'll be back with more. This is Sporting Goss. We're coming up to 4 to 11. It's a bleak cold day in Perth town. It is windy. It is cloudy. It is a tad wet, 17.6 degrees. And thanks to the news, the Kia news, thanks to the wonderful team, Jones Boys Bunbury Kia. Great people, amazing cars. And hello, to the Jones boys down there. They would be going gangbusters at the moment. They'd be getting more cars going out than are coming in, but they've got plenty of stock. They've got amazing cars, and they are very good supporters of our network, of course, in particular through SEN Spirit and on the SENWA. Get down there if you want to buy a car. In fact, you don't even have to live in the southwest if you want to buy a car. Go along there, tell them that we sent you, and they'll do a job for you, the Jones boys, Bunbury Care. As I said, great people, and they do have amazing cars. Of course, we've got plenty of action here uh, over the next few days. We've got Friday night football, the Giants and the Cats. We've got Bledisloe Cup on Sunday. The All Blacks taking on the Wallabies. going to be about 60,000, I reckon, all the tickets from the game that was postponed, of course, due to COVID concerns. But if you're a Melbourne footy fan, then you'll be excited about two weeks' time when they've got a preliminary final here. But if you're not a Melbourne footy fan, the Demons are asking you, to adopt a demon for the day, get behind the demons, chasing their first flag since 1964. A great WA contingent of West Australians have played, of course, for Melbourne. Some of the greats of the game. They've got plenty of West Australians currently in the squad and about the place as well. So don't hesitate to adopt a demon 
for the day. And speaking of the demons, I think he's online right now. It's time to talk footy with Trent Rivers. Well, one group that doesn't really care about what's taking place this week because they've got the week off, and that's the Melbourne Football Club, and we're joined by a, a familiar name in WA, and, of course, it's a West Aussie boy from the East Romandle District, of course, through Willerton and the East Romandle Football Club, and that is Trent Rivers, and he's been kind enough to join us. He's currently in quarantine, lockdown in the bubble at Joondalup Country Club Resort, and he joins us on the show. Trent, uh, well, welcome home, fair to say. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, it was a... Uh been a long, long sort of year without being able to get home, so it's nice to finally, you know, get back into the home state. Absolutely. It's a bit frustrating for you, though. You you are in, in lockdown, so sort of no friends and family, or, or, are they, or are they looking at you through the fence? Have you had any eye contact with anyone you know since you've been in lockdown? Uh, not just yet. I think mum might drive up and, um, you know, <laughs> drop off a little snack pack and a thing or two. But um, other than that, uh, nothing just yet. All righty. So you've got the week off, so to speak, and that's the week off from playing. Um, how very different is it? You know, you're here, you're obviously training hard. You, I would imagine you'd have a fairly hefty hit out on the weekend or maybe even on Friday. What's the schedule for the Demons? Yeah, uh, this week's more just been around getting your mental mental state right. Um and just focusing on getting your body right as well. Uh, we'll have a yeah solid hit out this weekend, I'd imagine, and then um, you know have a full week leading into the prelim and um, make sure we're ready to go. You've played Adoptus before earlier this year. In fact, that's not like that not that long ago, wasn't it? It was against uh, West Coast when they challenged you late in the game and you fought back to to hold them off. What was that like playing at uh, Adoptus Stadium? Uh, obviously. It's a good forerunner for what you're about to encounter in the preliminary and possibly the grand final. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, I reckon the best thing about it was just let, uh, like having my family and friends there. Mm. Um, it was the first time, you know, my dad's come to see me play and then all my mates as well. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it and the atmosphere is unreal. So um, it'll be great to get out there against, um, you know, whoever it may be in the prelim and get to do it all again. Trent Rivers, our guest in the Melbourne Footy Club from the East Romandle Football Club and Willison, of course. When you're playing and you're, you know, you're at the stadium and you probably know where they're seated, what sort of buzz is that? Because of, because of lockdown and COVID and they haven't been able to travel and seen you play, of course, you're well ensconced into your second season, you're playing in a really good team. So that's frustrating. But when you're playing, were you conscious of where they were or you're too much in the zone? Uh, not during the game. I didn't actually know exactly where they were sitting. I knew sort of the areas. But um, no, nah, after the game, not knowing was a bit annoying because I was, you know, trying to look around for everyone <laughs> and couldn't really see too many people. But no, nah, I got to have a chat with um, a few of my best mates and um, my mum and stuff before the game. So they all came down to the boundary, which is nice. Yeah, really nice. Hey, you've played every game this year. Ten, ten demons have done that. That's a real feather in your cap. Uh, touch wood, you've had a uh, an uninterrupted season and you've really kept your spot and you've really got an important role to play. Yeah, uh, well, firstly, I've just got to you know, thank the coaches for backing me in each week and um, allowing me to you know keep playing um, footy. Uh, look, I don't go out every week thinking, oh, I'm going to, you know, go out and play every season. I'm just worrying about, you know, making sure I do my job and play my role so the team gets the win. And, um, you know, if that gets me a spot next week, then that's what I'm prepared to do. What's the role? What's your, without telling me the one-on-one stuff, what is, what is, what's your one-wood, Trent? Uh, well, my one-wood's probably my kicking. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think just 
you know, locking down defensively um, is something that I've really had to implement into my game. And um, it's come in leaps and bounds this year. And there's still definitely, like, plenty more to improve on. But um, from last year, I think um, I've improved on that aspect a lot. The ball doesn't come back down very quickly. Once you get it out of your back zone, the, the D50 or sort of the back half, it finds its way to the midfield. It certainly finds its way forward after that. You've got an unbelievable midfield. It must be very comforting to look up and, and see those names that are, well, many believe, are uh, rivaling the sort of the Eagles midfield of the mid-2000s. Yeah, I mean, Jesus, they've got the... You know, we've got Oliver, Petrarca and Gorn, you know, yeah. the three of the biggest names in the comp at the moment. And, um, you know, not only do they get forward and kick goals, but they get back and they beat their midfielders back into defence and help us win the ball back there. So um, I think that's something that shouldn't go unrecognised. And they're just such gut runners and hard workers, all three of them. And, um, you know, we could go across the whole list and say that, but um, for those three in particular, um, it definitely helps us get the ball out of there. Hundred percent. Where was where were you when Max slotted the goal in Adelaide? Uh, I was standing. Uh, oh, geez. Um, I reckon I was just standing with a group of boys, probably thirty out straight in front, just watching and praying. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it was fat, it was a lot. Of, it was high emotion, wasn't it? I mean, minor premiers is one thing, but you know, obviously, uh, the skipper doing it. He's had a little bit of form in the set shots, but uh, I tell you what, um, it was high emotion. And how long? How long did it take to calm things down? Oh, I think there was a bit of a uh, little bit of music going on in the change rooms after, and we all, you know, got around each other and had a bit of fun. So um, I think that was probably, other than you know the feeling after he kicked it, that was probably one of the better feelings. Um, just knowing that we the, the season was worth it. Um, you know, winning the minor premiership. But, you know, we, we talk about moving on to the next season. That season was finals. And, you know, we put that in our back pocket for now and, you know, really honed in on that feeling. And, um, you know, we'd love to do it, you know, in two weeks' time with a medal around our neck as well. Yeah, very true. Well, you've got to get over whoever wins on Friday night, of course. Now, just a couple of things before we let you go. Uh, tell us a bit about your, your your playing days through your Willett and Juniors and also East Romano. Who are your... Who are your coaches at East Romano in through your sort of your Colts uh, and your journey through there? Yeah, so my main coach uh, was Jacob Brennan, uh, East Romano, who played for the Eagles. Yep. Um, yeah, and he was phenomenal for me. Um, you know, my second year of Colts, he's gone, you're playing halfback. And I was like, mate, I'm not playing halfback. Like, I don't know, you know, what you think you're doing putting me back line. But, um, <laughs> You know, he was he was very adamant about it and um, he saw some potential in me across there and um, well, I'm so grateful that he, you know, he, he just held his nerve and um, kept me there and, I mean, yeah, look where it's got me now. So, yeah, so to Breno, a little shout-out. What, 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 what did you learn? What did you learn going back there? I mean, uh, can I just say this, uh, and I, I name drop every time, I had the fortune of coaching Daniel Rich at Subiaco Colts before he got drafted and... I was also pushed to play him at halfback. It seemed as though it was a direction from above. Scott Waters was coaching the league team. Put him at halfback, learn how to be a little bit more um, uh, reliable, responsible, and use your weapon, which we know what his one wood is, and that's his booming left boot, and we're talking to you, and that's also one of your strengths as well, or your strength as well. Um, what did you learn playing halfback? I think you can, uh, you can almost use your... Um, you, oh, sorry, you just get a little bit more time. Um, you know, if you're playing midfield and the ball gets kicked out, I mean, 
you know, it, it takes a few seconds to get to the midfield, but it takes a few extra seconds to get to the back line. So um, your ability to read the play and, you know, get into better positioning defensively, um, you definitely, you know, grow on that aspect of the game. Um, but, yeah, I think definitely the defensive positioning stuff uh, is what really, you know, drove that sort of area of the mm. game. Mm. Number 24 is an interesting one. It's got a great heritage at uh, the Melbourne Football Club. How did you come about 24? Did they just hand it to you? Or they give you they give you the uh, selection? How did you get about number 24? No, nah, it was just given to me. So, um, yeah, I had no clue and then got a little message from Russell Robinson, which was nice as well. Russell Robinson, Ian Ridley, who's a legend of the football club, former president, Percy Beams, who's got a, a wonderful record there. A couple of West Aussies have worn it too. Phil Gilbert, who Claremont boy, who went to Melbourne and came back to the Dockers. Wayne Delmenico, who played for, for South Fremantle through uh, a long time as well. He wore he's number 24. And I saw Luke Beveridge was a number 24 wearer at the Demons. Well, there you go. There's a few names there that I didn't actually know. So... Um... Yeah, it's pretty exciting, isn't it? Get so your name, get, we can add another one on there. Get your name on the locker, mate. That's all you got to worry about. Looks exactly. like you, looks like you are. All right, mate. Appreciate your time. It is huge. You'll be watching the game, I'm sure. Uh, do you watch it as a group up there at Joondalup and sort of sit in a, sit in a room and see who you're playing, and or do you just have do you have a choice whether you watch the game or not? Oh, I think there'll definitely be a choice, but I'm sure there'll be plenty of boys huddled around the TV watching it together. So um, it's exciting times ahead, and we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Enjoy Joondal up. Appreciate your time and uh, good luck next week. Preliminary final here at Optus Stadium. No worries. Thank you very much. Good on you. There's Trent Rivers, fine young man, a West Australian product. And, yeah, he has not missed a game this year. What about that? Ten players have played every game and he's one of them and he's holding his spot. Not just holding his spot, he's making an incredible difference for the Demons. Fine young man, beautifully spoken, and, of course, making a difference for the Demons. They've got the week off. This is Sporting Come on, Pav, give it to us. G.E. could sing. Couldn't he? The big unit. Luciano Pavarotti. Why are we playing him today? Well, because he's a hint for the Who Am I? The LB Beer, the carton, thanks to Gage Rhodes, up for grabs. 0487 736 736. The hints are, who am I? Three clubs over 150 games, no finals. My debut game for my second club was against my first club and my debut for my third club was against my second club. I had 34 disposals in a game and kicked five goals and I didn't get a Brownlow medal vote. And the next hint, actually, I won't give you the next hint. Because Hamish Brayshaw is about to join us. And what we'll do is I'll ask him that and I'll throw that hint in. If that helps you, have a listen to Hammer Brayshaw next. 0487 736 736. Who am I? Thanks to Gage Rhodes and Albie. That is next. Hamish Brayshaw. I'm going to put the quiz on him shortly, if I remember. It's a quarter past 11. Welcome back. Been a very, very busy show. Eddie Maguire, Trent Rivers has joined us now. Let's focus on, of course, WAFL football with our man from the West Coast Eagles, the captain of the Waffle Eagles, and that is Hamish Brayshaw. Hammer? Goss, thanks for having me back. A, uh, a tough weekend for oh, us. was it ever? Yeah, not our, not our greatest performance, but uh, only one to go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the finish line can't come quick enough? Yeah, 
getting like that. Body's <laughs> pulling up pretty sore. It's been uh, it's been certainly a long year. I mean, we've had a few COVID breaks and and the like. So it's um, I can't remember how often the waffle season goes longer than the AFL season. So five or six um, players only at your disposal. You had to dig deep into the uh, into the backup group. Yeah, that that was tough. I've said it a couple of times before. I think ten AFL list of players is our mark where we're competitive. Um, we've had a couple of games this year where we've had sort of twelve, thirteen, and we've played really, really well and won some games. But ten's our competitive mark. Five uh, is it's just it's hard. I mean, those guys are and I credit to them for sticking around and playing with us. I mean, the AFL season's done there, and they're you know they're not in that quarantine, so they just want to play footy. So. Thank you very much for those guys for coming down. We've got one more game. Has Garlett left? No, he's uh, he's still living in Geraldton, but um, I think he might have hurt his ankle or his knee or something. Mail is he's playing up there on Sunday. Yeah, for railways, is he? Oh, geez, there we go. <laughs> That's I'm, the uh... mail. Harry Taylor told us earlier in the show. Okay, well, yeah, I'm unsure. I don't know what uh, what his plans are and how he's going to go. But um, so he was coming down every week to play, was he? Yeah, he was coming down every week. So uh, he was trying to find. He's trying to find look for work down here. But yep. um, and you know, in the meantime, he's still up in Geraldton. It's a five hour drive, so oh. plenty of time to. Uh, <laughs> Collect your thoughts before a game. Very true. All right, let's race through these games. Of course, our final round. Then I've got a Who Am I for you, which yeah, we beautiful. had your stump last you week. You did. I was uh, Ben McKinley. I was thinking about it the whole <laughs> way home, stuck in the. Uh, I did you get COVID? Didn't you get? The, didn't you get the? Yeah, went and got jab? a jab, and I was. It, it took me uh, what fifty minutes at Cle- uh, Claremont Showgrounds, walking through, and I was just sitting there thinking, "Geez, who was it?" <laughs> I was going through all the Gold Coast, uh, the guys who have moved to Gold Coast and moved to GWS, because I thought it had to be someone who had won a enormous. <laughs> I mean, won a, uh, a goal kicking there when they were not overly good. Then I got stuck on Melbourne early winners and I think my last guest might have, guess might have been Jeff Garlett, but uh, yeah, no, certainly wouldn't have got McKinley. Yeah, he's a good fella too. We spoke to him on the show. Okay, Claremont are at home to Swan Districts. Uh, for those who are interested, uh, Gillian Goss doing a, uh, a live show on Friday for the Claremont fraternity. So hopefully a lot of those blokes back up the next day. I don't know if yeah. they will. It'll be pretty dusty for them. <laughs> they take on Swans. They should be winning the Tigers. Yeah, I think they should be. They were very, very impressive against us on the weekend. Uh, they had a couple of really good players that stood up and played Bailey well. Bailey Rogers. Was anyone playing Gee on him? Gee whiz. He was, he was very impressive. Um, 37 and 3, I think. Seven marks in the first quarter. Were they chip arounds or were they? Uh, to be honest with you, mate, there was a lot going on in the first quarter. <laughs> I wasn't really paying attention to how many marks Bailey Rogers had had. But... Uh, <laughs> No, they, uh, he was super impressive on the day. They had a couple of really good players. But uh, Swans have been playing some really good footy, but I just can't see. I think uh, Claremont need to win. or They've got a they're 0.4% away from south, so they'll be throwing everything at this game. All righty. Peel Thunder are home to Subiaco. Hate to say it, but as a Subi man, this is a massive danger game. It is. I mean, Peel have got uh, – they've got probably a few more – uh, Freo guys than we do yeah. uh, playing for them. Yeah. They've got they they won last week. They're you know I think this is their as their last game of the season. I was speaking to uh, Mark Nikoski about it earlier in the week. It's it's an interesting prospect going into the last game, knowing you can't play finals and knowing the season's done because sure. you play with that level of freedom and that level of well you know what there's nothing that can go wrong. We can't you know there's no benefit to us. There's no ramifications. There's no ramifications. There's yeah. no risk. It's just I can play as free as I want and there's there's that sort of – it's a challenge when you're going up against a team who needs to – super need to win to stay on top and to, you know, to Correct. lock that away. So they've got everything to play for, whereas Peel have got nothing to lose. So they're going to be throwing – you know, it, it is a danger game. I still think Subiaco will win. I think they've um, – I've said it all year that I think they'll be the team to beat. Toby um, Watson, late. Talon Demand, they've got some good backline players. Yeah, they do. They do. It'll be – is Greg Clark back this week? 
Hopefully. Yeah, that'll make a difference. Like but really, um, hopefully? Yeah. <laughs> like, they need him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I still think Subi will, um, will be there at the end and, and will be tough to beat. But, uh, yeah, this will be a, certainly a danger game for him. Last week, West Perth, the kicking was astonishing. East Germano kicked 20 goals, three, and I think they kicked seven goals, 22 or so. Yeah. But the disparity in points, I've never – I actually yeah. tried to ask Sir Swamp thing if there is, is that as close to a record. Yeah. Never seen anything like it. They've got to bounce back against a depleted Perth, surely. Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, they were very West Perth were very, very good against us a couple of mm. weeks ago. And, I mean, even on the weekend, they kick half as many goals as they do points, and it's all of a sudden a, a pretty tight game. So I think they'll uh, I think they'll bounce back. They'll, I think, just through weight of numbers inside 50s, I think they'll pile on a pretty big score. You've got South Fremantle, so it doesn't get any easier. They've got it plenty to play doesn't. for. Yeah, they do. It's a, uh, as I said, they're in a pretty tight spot, uh, tight race with Claremont for uh, for second. I think it's 0.4% away. So... Um, we, I mean, we had a pretty similar looking side against them earlier in the year and they, and they beat us by, you know, 70, 70 odd points. I mean, we were right in it in that first quarter. I think we were leading it for most of the game, uh, most of the first quarter. And then they sort of clipped us. So there'll be a few things we're working on, but again, we're in the same mold as I was speaking about, uh, Peel before we got nothing to lose. So we'll, uh, we'll certainly be just throwing everything at it. Uh, What's your vibe on a couple of things that are happening in the landscape of AFL football? Um, who wins it from here? We're down to six now. We are. You, do you think the brothers? Oh, I, yeah. Win? I think Melbourne was super impressive. Yeah. I uh, they played a brand of footy that I think stacks up in finals. Their defence is so much tighter now than it has been. I mean, I look back on twenty eighteen when they were in similar position in the prelim. They got on that run of momentum late in twenty eighteen, and that I think sort of the wave of emotion and that momentum took them to the prelim. Came up against the best side of the year and and couldn't get it done. But I think. They've sort of they've got a game plan now and a, a brand of football that can stack up in big games and we you saw it on the weekend they were uh, they were really impressive I think they're going to be the team to beat Port Adelaide were mighty impressive as well so that's going to be tough I can't see a team outside the top four getting it done I know the dogs were there thereabouts all year but um, the opposition didn't provide much bombers yeah that's true but I, I think they've just been. They've sort of faltered a little bit in the last sort of month. They've, their form's not sort of stacked. If they can find the form of the, uh, you know, the first half of the year, they'll be tough. But uh, I do think it'll come out of the top four. And, and my tip at the moment is Melbourne. Right. A little bit of bias, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm hoping they how hard is that? You know that he's here. We've spoken to yep. Trent Rivers on the show. He said his mum might come up, come up and drop off a, a gift pack. They can't see him. Uh, I don't even think you're allowed on the course to stand through the fence. I'm not exactly sure what the protocols are. Have you tried to see your brother? Well, I can't see him. <laughs> I, uh, I actually did go and drop a care package off to him the other night. I uh, He asked for some Coke Zero and a couple of snacks and the like, and, <laughs> and the way it works Well, don't is, they sell those at Jindalup? Oh, they do, but you're not allowed to leave your hotel room. Oh, good so point. So <laughs> it's funny. They, they, you drop it at reception, and the receptionist takes it up to the room. And the receptionist, I can't remember her name, but she was a lovely lady and said, yeah, yeah, come on through, just drop it at the desk. Anyway, I took it upon myself to have a little laugh and dropped him off a 24-pack of toilet paper as well. <laughs> so that this woman's walking upstairs with some Coke Zero and, and thinking that Angus has requested a 24-pack of toilet paper. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so you drop that off. I think they're out of quarantine the couple of days after the prelim, so he'll stay here regardless. Um, yep. Fingers crossed they make it and has a couple of weeks uh, to spend a bit of time with family, so... Mum's over here as well, quarantining. So she's uh, oh nice. Yeah, she's out next week. So we, yeah, it's a. Uh, hopefully they make it through, but regardless, he'll be here. But I'll see him in a couple of weeks. I dropped off some crays, some Gage Roads, uh, and some bread and common bread yep. to Gary Lyon yesterday. Is he at two up as well? Yeah. Oh, no. 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 He's, he's in, in the city. Yeah. Right. The street. Yeah. And they're all there. Well, there's. Uh, I think there's. As I mentioned, to Eddie Maguire, who can't get in. We've yep. spoken to Eddie. <laughs> Poor old Ed. Uh, we've spoken uh, – so at the hotel, there's Damien Barrett. Yep. Purple. 
um, Sam McClure, Ayrton and Woolley from Nine, Gary, and I think there's several others as well yep. who are all in the one hotel. Yeah. And uh, they're out trying to outdo each other, so we thought we'd drop off the crayfish. Yeah, good on him. Fair <laughs> enough. He's pretty happy with himself, Gary, but he's going <laughs> a little bit uh, stir-crazy. Yeah. Um, and last one for you. Uh, We've seen this morning the announcement that Craig McRae is the new coach of Collingwood. So good developer of young men. Justin Lepich is going back into the system as well. Yep. Um, from an outsider looking in, they're not far away from it, are they, Collingwood, really? I mean, they've got some young. I mean, they've still probably got two or three years of redevelopment to go, but they've got the core nucleus of a team that's good enough. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they've got some they, – they do have a couple of senior players. You know, I mean, Pendlebury is still in that mould of a, a senior player that is a real good leader for the young for the young group coming through. But I think they've got some really good young mm. talent. I mean, Dugowie's a star. Maynard's Maynard's a really good player. I think he's come a long way in the last year or two. Um, Dacos, yep. Josh, and now, you know, Nick. looking at Nick coming through. That You know, I think they're going to have – a really good group of players under sort of 26, 25, 26 that they can build a, you know, a, a build another crack at a premiership mm. run um, in the next sort of three or four years. So, you know, it, it's, it'll be interesting to see how the new coaching staff develop these young players, but I think they'll have the talent pool there available if they can uh, if they can get it right. And Robert Harvey, who has left, um, basically has aligning himself to a Ross Lyon ticket at Carlton because it, yep. that's his mentor, of course, yep. when they were at St Kilda together. It'll be interesting to see if that plays out. Do you think Ross Lyon's got something to offer again? Yeah, oh, I think so. I thought he was um, – I mean, Andrew really got along with him at Fremantle. Uh, he – Took him flowers, didn't he? Yeah, well, I'm not sure how much truth there is to that story. What, what, but, did, uh, no, come on. Oh, I'm not sure. Mate, I, I know that mate, after I know that he went. Ross Lyon said, <laughs> Andrew Brasher and Adam Chera, when I got the sack, came to my house with flowers. You would know that. Well, he you could have. He, he definitely went to his house after he after flowers the, didn't get a mention. I'm not sure. I I wouldn't. Were know. they for Ross's coaching graveyard or were they for <laughs> Mrs. Lyon? I'm not, I think they might have been for Mrs. Lyon. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I think he still has a lot to offer. I mean, he took. He's he did a really good job at St Kilda. Did a really good job at Fremantle. So I think he's. Uh, I, I certainly think he's got a lot more to offer. Okay, thanks for coming in. No worries. Have you got another? Uh, oh got a who God, am I, yes, Josh? yes. <laughs> Settle yeah, in. You may, Sam, this yeah. is the bit. You I had me stewing right on it. Yeah, had me stewing on it for hours in McKinley last week. <laughs> now you've got to let you go out. Yeah. All right, Hammer. So last week was Ben McKinley. The previous week was Andrew Wills, or the day before. Yep. Okay. I reckon this is in. Your, I reckon this is in your. Your old man's wheelhouse. Okay. All right. So you might want to get the I'll hints. give him a yeah. All right. Yeah, right I'll right give him a call. Get, get your pen and paper. Right. Three clubs. Hang on a minute. I'm not sure who this is. Yep. That's <laughs> Hayes's. Three clubs. Three clubs over 150 games. Yep. No finals. Okay. All right. Ready for this one? You're going to get. I reckon the last hint you'll get. And can you can you write down your answer because. We've yep. probably got people still trying to win the Okay, pack. yep, sure. Okay, for, it's, it's for a carton of Albi. Beautiful. Okay, Three clubs, 150-plus games, no, no finals. No finals. Okay. My debut for my second club was against my first club. Yep. And my debut for my third club was against my second club. Well, there you go. That's <laughs> good, isn't it? That's a good little tidbit. Right. Yep. My career was over by the time before I turned 29. Yep. In one game, I had 34 disposals and kicked five goals and didn't get a Brownlow vote. My goodness me. <laughs> and this is the one. This is the game changer because you'll know this is part of footy folklore. Sure. You will know this. Okay. After a disappointing performance in a game, I landed back at my home state. My girlfriend was there with friends to pick us up and go out for dinner. I went to my bag, pulled on my dirty shorts and socks, and I ran 22 kilometres home. Who am Jeez. I? 
And I've got one more little hint if you can't get it from that. I've, you can't get it. I can't, I heard, now look, I, I've heard a story of Robert Harvey running okay. like 13, 14, 15 clubs. He hasn't been at three clubs. He hasn't been at three clubs. So it's not Robert Harvey. No, obviously not. Um, <laughs> All right, last hint. Yeah, you're going to have to give me another hint here. I was the personal physio yep. to Luciano Pavarotti for three years. You, this is good. See, okay, you're good. Okay, so take it away. I reckon. I reckon one phone call to the old man, and you just go back. All right, you want to try that? Three clubs, yep. one fifty plus games, yep. no finals. Yep. Dave, this is an interesting. I like this debut against the second club. Was a debut for the second club was against the first, and for the third was against the second. Correct. He was retired before he was twenty nine. Correct. Thirty four disposals, five goals. Didn't get him a Brownlow vote. Correct. He dropped off. He ran 22 k's home from the airport. Correct after a losing game. After disappointed. a losing game, and yep. he was the personal physio to Luciano Pavarotti. All right, I'll give the old man a call on the way home. <laughs> hey, Mitch Brayshaw, <clears throat> thanks for dropping in. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me. Hammer Brayshaw here on Sporting Guys. Twenty-five to twelve, make that twenty-four to twelve. It clicks over sixteen point eight degrees. It is blowing a gale here at Optus Stadium, home of Sen. Mark says, "I just started listening to the quiz. I think it's John Anier." Andrew Moore says, "John Anier." Mike from Palmyra says, "John Anier." Benno from Bustleton says, "John Anier." Steve, you think it's John Anier? Lots of Aniers. The maid guy here just jumped into the car and heard the quiz question. It's a tricky one. It sounds like it could be John Anier. John Anier, uh, lots of John Aniers. It's John Anier. It's John Anier. Yeah. Oh, we could do better. Oh, gee, that was. Yeah, that's it. A little better. A little better. Congratulations to Paul from Esperance, who actually texted in at a quarter past 11. There it is. Down the bottom there at 11.15. So thank you to everyone who, most of you got the hint right at the very end. So the hints were three clubs over 150 games, no finals. Luciano Pavarotti. He was his personal physio trainer between 2005 and 2006. He'd like to clarify it's before he died. <laughs> 34 touches in a game. Here we go. Here we go. Bring it up, Pav. <laughs> Get on your feet, Western Australia. Wow. How good. 34 touches in a game, kicked five goals. This was for the Eagles, um, but didn't get a Brownlow vote. And just repeating, the, the one that you all remember, and this is a true, we've got to get JAO and he'll tell this story. After a disappointing game against Geelong, he landed at Perth Airport at night. Uh, his girlfriend and friends were there. They were meant to go to dinner. He got his bag. He pulled out his dirty footy shorts and socks. And he said, here, you take that. I'm going home. And he ran home to Claremont. 22 Ks from Perth Airport. The answer is John Ania. Now, I just, uh, of course, we were talking about the um, uh, 
the hint where his second game was with his second club and against the first club and all that stuff. So I'll just, I'll just fill you in here on John O'Neill. So I'll, I'll run you through his, uh, his playing record. So J.A., John Anir. So his first game was for Collingwood in 1981. In 1985, he went to play for Richmond. So in 1985, he played his first game for Richmond, and that was not against Collingwood. Um, no, uh, but it was the first game for the um, – yes, sorry. His first game for was for Collingwood was for – Collingwood was against Richmond. So his first game was against his second club and his first game for his third club was against his second club, which was Richmond. Yeah, that's what I said. So bottom line is it's Jay and Nia, John and Nia. So he played for the West Coast Eagles in their inaugural game, which was his 109th game for Richmond, uh, against Richmond, should I say, and they had a win, the West Coast Eagles. And the game that he had the 34 possessions was against North Melbourne in round six, 1987. Just repeating, J.A. had 34 disposals, five goals, and didn't get a vote. Yet Rob Wiley, AFL Hall of Famer, had 28 disposals and kicked three goals and got the three votes. <laughs> Gee, it's stiff to be alive, wouldn't you? Anyway, so there it is there. John Ania is the man. Three clubs, 150 games, no finals. His debut for his uh, his debut club was uh, was actually his first game was against his second club, which was to become his second club, and his debut for his third club was against his second club, which was Richmond. So he went Collingwood, Richmond, West Coast. He was an inaugural West Coast member. Congratulations to our man, Paul, who's listening down there. He's an avid listener down there in Esperance. Yeah. You get the gold, Paulie. Thank you for listening, and thank you for everyone who – Got involved. If you like that, <laughs> thanks to the team at Gage Roads. 16.8 degrees. It is a wet old day out there. Alex Dimonor fighting back. He lost the first two sets, 7-6-6-2 against Taylor Fritz of the United States. In the set, third set, Dimonor 6-1. It is 2-all, but Fritz is on serve and is serving to go 3-2 up. A break. We'll be back. Plenty more to come. This is Sporting Goss. On a wet old Wednesday, it's 19 to 12. Thanks for your company. Wow, what a show. Hope you're enjoying it as much as we are. It's a quarter to 12, of course, 15.1 degrees. It is tumbling down this uh, forecast. Uh, the We're heading for top of 19. I don't think we quite got there. Possible showers and storm tomorrow, partly cloudy Friday, 16 degrees. Right. Yeah, I know. It comes out of the sky. Uh, let's talk a bit of a round ball world game. Chris Clafuna's special K. This is his cup of tea. Mm. Uh, and you're telling me that the transfer window, is it closed? It's slammed shut, okay. Goss. Okay. okay. Now, you, now, you know what's going to happen here. We, I don't know how big our – I'd be interested to know with our audience how big the world game is with our listening audience. So would I. So 0487 736 736. Now, this is not a slight on the round ball game because I do like Portsmouth, okay? Yeah. Right. What division are we in? You're in uh, League One. Which is one behind the championship. Correct. So a third division. In the old days, it was third division. Yeah. 0487 736 736. Care factor for the world game. Because I want to know. Because I want to know where we're taking this going forward. Yeah. 0487 736 736 736. Thank you. Uh, the higher the number, the more you're interested. Mm. All right? Scale of what? One to? Ten. 
What do you reckon? On 100? <laughs> 87, I reckon, guys. 0487 736 736 at 14 away from 12. Care factor for the world game mm. on SEN Sporting Goss. And while you're on air and we're talking about the transfer window, you have a chance to pitch, to pitch for the listener. Yeah, right. So if you do a really good job, they might go, love it. Okay. Who you are, where you're texting from, and your care for the world game. Pressure's on. 1 to 10. 0487-736-736. The window is closed. Yeah, it's, it's you have to say slammed shut. That's the, what you have to do. The window has slammed shut. Yeah, the, the transfer window always slams shut. It's it? never quiet. It's never quiet. <laughs> it never goes quietly into the uh, into the background. It's always uh, a resounding bang. So the big one, of course, Cristiano Ronaldo confirmed to Manchester United. We saw it bubbling along. There were those rumours that he was going to go to Manchester City. You saw fans, old Manchester United fans, burning <laughs> their Cristiano Ronaldo Manchester United jerseys. Really? The number seven on it. Oh, this is ridiculous. He's going to Manchester City. I'm putting it up in flames. Uh, those rumours amounted to nothing. He ended up going to Manchester United, so those fans would feel, I think, rather silly with themselves. But that was a done deal overnight. Confirmed he completes his move. From so he's going from $970,000 a week to seven hundred and fifty or something. Yeah, that's about right. Wow. Do you reckon he'll survive on that? Uh, he'll struggle. He will struggle because he's got a lavish lifestyle. Uh, I think fair play to him. He does give a lot of it to charity. He's still got a good rig. Oh, hell yeah. One Has of the he? best, I reckon, going around. Zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six one to 10. How good is Ronaldo's rig? <laughs> 1 to 10. <laughs> Zero four eight seven seven three six seven three. Pato has texted in. Good man, Pato. What's he at? 10. <laughs> he so. 10. But you know what, Pato? You're the only person there. So I'm telling you now, Clefonis. You haven't had time to text your mates to say, hey, can you text in? Because I want to have more of a segment. No, on none of them care girls. about football either. Don't they really? Oh, a few of them do. Mate, I love the game. I just I want to know what our listeners think of the world game. Well, my interest has waned dramatically in the last couple of years, especially on the weekend after Arsenal got absolutely hammered 5-0 by Manchester City. So we've seen Ronaldo. He's off to United. Uh, Salomon Rondon, he's gone to Everton. The striker joins on a two-year deal. <laughs> The ocean of a third. What have we got? Mixed reports coming through. Okay. Zero four eight seven zero uh, zero zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six. Care factor triple zero. Hey, Mark from Collie. The fans are feral, and the players are sooks. In brackets, actors. Yeah. B from Bunbury. <laughs> More world game news. One hundred percent. Your beauty. Keep them coming. This is good. Serge Aurier from Tottenham. Aurier. Well, so he he was oh, at Spurs. Never really um, lived up to the heights that he was expected to. They've terminated his contract. A buyer wasn't found for him. So he is now a free agent. What does that mean, free agent? He can go anywhere he likes. He will have time to sign with another club past the deadline uh, day, which, of course, was last night. Arsenal have signed... Stop talking about Arsenal. Takahiro Tomiyasu, oh, the yeah. right back. So he's a big in. Uh, we saw... Um, <laughs> Edward, right, for Celtic the yeah. other day. Spat missed it. that. Missed that. Terrible yeah, shot. Has he gone? He's gone. Oh, good stuff. He's gone to the Premier League. He's signed for Patrick Vieira's Crystal Palace. Is that right? Yes. Celtic have also completed the loan signing of uh, Jota, the uh, Portuguese winger. Any, from no disrespect. Benfica. I know it's a world game, but is there any Smith-Jones and 
Brown playing soccer nowadays? Real Madrid tried to sign <laughs> Kylian Mbappe <laughs> from PSG. They, they they put in a bit of 200 million euros. What is wrong with these blokes? Didn't go through. Who um, it didn't go through? Who knocked that back? Didn't have him. PSG. So who gets the money? PSG would have got the money. So how much does a player get? Well, he'd get the money. You, know, you get signing on fees and you get that contract of, you know, like Ronaldo's getting 750000 So he gets that. He gets that coin, but he doesn't see a lick of the transfer money unless it's built into the contract. Mickey G, it, thank you, really Mickey. Okay, you, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, getting you, yeah, go I'm giving you live feedback here. Yeah. Mickey G, donuts for the world game. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. And see, Antoine Griezmann has returned to Atletico oh. Madrid. So had a, a bit of a... An okay run at Barcelona, but he's gone back to Atletico. Uh, and we saw, of course, moments ago, a big signing here in the A-League. Double signing, in fact, for Perth Glory, an attacking duo for the Perth Glory. Goss, I think you had that news uh, pop up on your radar as well. A couple of big-name players well, who are they? coming over. Pacific, Neon Gabire, yep, and Anthony Burke Gilroy. Over to the glory. So look out for those two. I wonder two. if he's in relation to Frank Gilroy. He used to be the policeman on um, country practice. I think he is. All righty. Mickey G has backed up donuts for the world game, nothing, to zero donuts, nothing for world game. He's gone. You're Actors. right. He's angry. Angry. Right, okay. Calm down, Mickey. <laughs> the game. Calm down, Mickey G. It's a sport, Mickey. It's not the end of the world. We're it's just right. trying to get feedback. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all righty. We've got plenty of other sports that uh, we cover here on Sporting Goss, of course. Richard from Dog Swamp. Richie. If Lyon goes to Carlton, the round ball game will be a plus for me. <laughs> Dickie. Good man. Uh, very good. Dickie from Dogs. Very good. So there, there's some of the major know, transfers that went uh, went on. Okay. Hector Berin from Arsenal. He's, uh, he's Mate, left as well. <laughs> yeah. this is an Arsenal free <laughs> do want, zone. Do you want more Arsenal chat? I don't want to <laughs> talk plenty. about Arsenal. Have they scored yet? Ainsley, no. Mainsley, mate, in the Niles uh, is staying. He put up a post on Instagram, very emotional, saying, I just want to play. I'll play anywhere. I just want to play. And he's still not getting a game at Arsenal. And they didn't transfer him out, so. So how does that work? So so they won't transfer him out. Yep. They won't play him. Yeah. He wants to play. He's just, begging to play on social media. You just rot on the vine, don't you? Yeah, it's not great. He's a young player as well. It's not a great look for the What's club. What's Sugar done? Is he staying or going? Sugar? Yeah. Which one's Sugar? Cane. Alan Sugar? <laughs> sugar cane. <laughs> What's Sugar cane doing, Harry? I like to call him the hurricane. Hurricane. He's sticking around. He's staying at Tottenham. Disinterested or he's okay? I think he's a uh, professional enough that he'll. I mean, he came in and scored a couple of goals on the weekend, he did. so he did. yeah, he'll he'll be uh, playing to the best of his abilities, I'd assume. Well, judging by the feedback we've been having from all of you out there on the sporting goss, zero four eight seven rousing success, zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six. That's the last time we'll be having the world More game mentioned it. on sporting goss. Fifteen. My degrees. phone's blowing up. <laughs> yeah. They love it. Telling, get off. <laughs> Where's Peter V? Get him on. Let's take a break. Come back and wrap things up. All righty, we do love the world game, and thank you for playing along. Paul from Margaret River. Hi, Goss. Zero interest in the world game at all, with a crying emoji. We do like the world game, and I think you do a good job, Chris, and we, we might get you back in again before the year's out. Clifford from <laughs> Clifford from Hall's Head says, zero. I wouldn't let the players be water boys for the AFL. Well, we're, we're, yeah. Alice Dibonor is serving to stay in the match against Taylor Fritsch. I like to call Taylor Fritsch. You know what? I'll get a nickname for Taylor Fritsch. His name's Poloni. You know why it's Poloni, don't you? Because Fritz is what they call Poloni in Melbourne. 
I do. Is that right, Alex? Thank you. There you go. There you go. You learn something every day. Hey, big show. What have we got tomorrow's show? Harry Taylor. I'm going to speak to Harry. Life of Riley. We'll find a winner for Saturday. Tom Randall talking motorsport and anything else that moves in talking football, world game, or world game. Thanks for your company. Drive safely on the roads. Thank you for liking what we do. We have a lot of fun bringing it to you, and we'll do it again tomorrow from 10 o'clock. Until then, enjoy. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.